Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Florida State of Recruiting podcast. I'm Tim Allenball and I am joined by Josh Pick and David Stout. We are from Tomahawk Nation. We are the three stars and we are excited to be talking with you, our loyal listeners, about another week of Florida State Recruiting. And it's been a pretty good week, to be honest. But before we do that, let's see how we're doing. Josh, feeling under the weather, bud. How you doing down there in uh, North Carolina? Yeah, I'm... Uh... I'm doing better than I sound, but uh, doing all right. Good, good. It, it, it's going around. Josh, uh, what's the temperature in North Carolina? It's a blazing, like, 101 degrees here in Kentucky. Yeah, we're not quite Louisville. We're uh, low 90s and humid, and it's kind of gross. You know, it's like Stout expects that kind of crap, but up in the mountains, we're not used to that in the summer. Yeah. Yeah, David, how are you, buddy? Well, here in Jacksonville, it, it feels outside like we're in the – 12th circle of hell but outside of that i think i'm doing okay because the air conditioning works yeah i mean that's like nine months out of the year anyways in jacksonville yeah, right basically yeah and then the other three it's like you're just in the 10th level yeah right? the two so. seasons are hot and hotter yeah it's good it's good one day one day david you'll escape you'll escape well let's talk about this past week uh we'll talk about who was on campus how those visits went uh, talk about some commitments. But the first thing I want to start with was uh, something that, David, I think you or Josh brought up last time we discussed uh, the recruiting. It was uh, that Antavius Tay Woody, uh, offensive lineman for the 2022 class, uh, academically eligible and will be report or and has already reported to Florida State. David, that's huge news for Florida State. Absolutely huge. And first and foremost, we want to give a huge shout out to Tay because 
he worked his rear end off in the classroom. Um, this was by no means, uh, you know, an easy accomplishment. Uh, he definitely had a lot of work to do and he worked really hard to make it happen. So very, very proud of that young man uh, for getting it done. And yeah, this is, this is enormous for Florida state because Tay Woody, you know, FSU brought in with, with Alex Atkins beasting on the trail last cycle, FSU brought in a really good offensive line class that, that absolutely has a few future starters in there and some guys who uh, will get plenty of reps, but Tay Woody is probably the most versatile of all of them. And the coolest thing about him is, is uh, his wingspan is insane. He's got super long arms. So typically you look at a kid who's, who's about six, three, you know, maybe a shade over six, three, and you're like, well, there's no way he could play tackle. His arms are so long that when he locks up a guy, you can actually put him at the tackle spot in a pinch. So he could legitimately line up anywhere on FSU's offensive line of all the prospects that they signed in the last cycle. I think he has the best um, potential fit as a center in the future, but he's so talented that he also dominated uh, a couple different camp circuits at defensive tackle as well. And so, you know, with this, I, I don't know that it would be fair to expect Woody to be on the field a ton during the 2022 season. He may actually end up, you know, taking sort of an academic red shirt, especially if they don't have to use him for injury purposes or whatever, but that's going to be exciting because all throughout the year, they're going to be able to cross train him and really kind of figure out where he's going to fit best along the lines. And uh, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in those conversations between Atkins and Odell for who gets to have him on their side of the line. But yeah, enormous news for FSU, incredibly talented kid. Uh, the only reason he got dropped to a three star, which is totally stupid, uh, is because they thought, you know, the qualifying risk. And so he should and and ought to be re-ranked as a four star. He is a legitimate four star. Yeah, and, and the other thing that really stands out with, with Woody now being secured, and, and Josh, I'll kind of get your thoughts here. Um, there were a lot of people that weren't excited about this class. Uh, no, like, huge studs, I guess you could say. Uh, the Travis Hunter news obviously was devastating. I think the class is, is really solid. I think Azariah as and, and, and the others are, are – are, and uh, McCall are, are, are studs. But the thing that really stands out to me is the offensive line class that was signed for this 2022 class. Because if you think about it, Florida State fans would have been just beside themselves with joy if we would have signed the offensive line that we signed of this caliber, you know, two or three years ago. And yet, now that this has happened, now that it's come to fruition, now that these guys are on campus, everybody's just kind of like, oh, Mike Norvell and his crew, they just don't know what they're doing out there on the recruiting trail. Well, yeah, and it's like we talk about all the time, like Florida State landed a lot of guys early and then held on to them. Whereas if they had signed all these guys on signing day, it would have been like, holy crap. I mean, you're talking Tay Woody, you're talking Julian Armelli, you're talking Jalen Early, Dotchie Richardson, who's raw, but he, he's got the length that you're going to see at tackle and once Alex Atkins gets his hands on him, he's going to be doing some work. And, yeah, uh, Woody's a four-star. Dante Anderson, who they got as a walk-on, is going to be essentially – he's essentially – I mean, he's already showing in practice that he could contribute this season, you know, maybe third string or whatever. But that's, that's a four-star defensive end that you got that essentially you're not even paying because he's a walk-on. And then this Io Tafasi we haven't even talked about yet, that's another kid that – 
he's not playing this season, but if you think about him in the 23 class where he's already going to have a year in the strength and conditioning of Florida state, he's, he's essentially a four star too, in my opinion. Yeah. It's, it's just crazy that, uh, that a class that's going to end up in the mid teens, a class that addressed some major needs on the offensive and defensive line is a class that's just going to be kind of shrugged at because of, of, of how things didn't play out at the end. But um, it, it, one other point I wanted to bring up, and it's, it's that you see that Alex Adkins definitely looks for those type of offensive linemen that can play anywhere on the line. Uh, Jalen Early can, can play at tackle or at, at guard. Same with Armella. Same with, um, same, same with Woody. Uh, Richardson's most likely a tackle. Charlton's definitely a, a guard, you know, but those guys have the ability uh, to be cross-trained and you definitely see that Atkins has a type and you definitely see that Atkins is planning for the worst. <laughs> it, you know, he doesn't want to be caught with once one tackle goes down, there's nobody left. And, and so you got to love that the, the recruiting team, especially Atkins is, is making a concerted effort to build uh, depth that is not going to be just for this year, but for uh, future seasons as well. Yeah, and we got to give him credit for not giving up on Tay Woody when it all looked lost. I mean, that was a kid that a lot of people said there's no chance he's going to qualify. Florida State should just throw in the towel. And Atkins was patient and said, we believe in you. Go get your work done. Don't focus on football. Don't focus on recruiting. Focus 100% on academics and get the job done. And he did. And and that's a huge freaking get for Atkins in Florida State. Completely agree with that. I can name you at least two offensive line coaches in the past at Florida State who would have given up on him and would have been like, ah, whatever, we're just going to look at. But yeah, I think you bring up a great point. Both of you do, Tim and Josh, because it's funny when you hear people bitch about this class, but we also hear them bitching about, you know, oh, the lines are terrible. Well, when you build a recruiting class that is heavy in numbers along the offensive and defensive line, it's not going to be a sexy class. And just by the nature of star rankings, I mean, how many five-star defensive tackles are there in any given cycle? Like maybe two, maybe. And, and same with interior offensive linemen. Very rarely does an interior offensive lineman get five stars. And so people complain about star rankings, but that's just the name of the game. And Atkins, I mean, we cannot hype him enough for his not only having a vision, like Tim said, building right now and for the future, but hanging on to some of those kids. I mean, even Quayshon Sapp, like, you know, you, you see these kids waver, but then all of a sudden Alex Atkins gets them on the phone. They're not wavering anymore. And so uh, his, his ripple effects are definitely being felt from uh, some of the 23 and 24 kids too, which is really cool. Yeah, and you talk about that. You remember Julian Armel on signing day. It was, is he going to sign? Is he going to wait? And even though he wasn't going to be able to enroll early, Alex Atkins put the pressure on, put the heat on, and Armella came through and signed when, when there was thoughts that maybe he might be having second thoughts, and that was just massive. Yeah, and, and we're not even talking about the transfer impact with, with Emmanuel and, and Harris and Lyles with all three of those guys potentially starting or being, you know, in, in the uh, two deep. So huge, just huge job there. And um, credit to uh, Brendan Sinone on, on 24-7 Sports today had a, an article about the, the amount, the weight that Florida State has added on the offensive defensive line. I think it was something like 4,400 pounds this offseason. Uh, and, and I think, I know I'm, I'm working on something here and, and getting your guys' input. Uh, Mike, Mike Norvell's definitely flipped the trenches at Florida State. And uh, 
when we think back to where Jimbo was successful, uh, one of the main things that he addressed immediately was the offensive defensive line. Now that fell off at the end, but when he had his immediate success, uh, you know, they had that, that all freshman class that basically I think started in the champs bowl or whatever it was. And then, uh, he started picking up, you know, the defensive tackles like Timmy Jernigan changed the whole like, uh, trajectory of, of Florida state. So, um, obviously some of these kids aren't, you know, these kids aren't Timmy Jernigan, but you can see that it is a concern for Norvell and they are making a concerted effort here. I, I thought you were going to go to that last sweet class of Brady Scott. And I was just like, well, let's reminisce about how awesome that was. <laughs> Josh, I, I, I know you were feeling well. I didn't want to make you stick to your stomach as well. So, um, <laughs> let's talk about this past weekend. Um, the two names I really want to, or three names that I really want to get to before we actually talk about the biggest piece of the weekend, I want to talk about uh, Shelton Sampson, uh, the wide receiver from out of Louisiana. I want to talk about Brock Glenn, quarterback out of Tennessee, and also Ricky Collins, quarterback out of Louisiana. Now, initially, Ricky Collins was supposed to be back on campus this week in the seven-on-seven -seven tournament, but the team looks like they had to cancel and they did not make it on uh, out to Tallahassee, but David, this sounds like a visit that went pretty well from, from Collins' point of view. Uh, there's an incredible picture that Florida State got of him doing a backflip into the end zone. It's pretty wild. Uh, but this kid looks like he's a lot of fun and had a good time at Florida State. Yeah, yet another weekend where all of the prospects they talk to on their way out, what is the one word they use? Family, 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 culture. And so these guys know how to sell it. They know how to make sure that the recruits feel it. Um, I think they're doing a, a great job. You know, something that's um, often overlooked when they have official visitors is who those visitors are matched up with in terms of current players, you know, having them hosting them. Um, and so far, I think the coaches are doing a great job matching up guys with that. Um, and I mean, the, the cool thing about this weekend is, you know, anytime you have two quarterback prospects who are both very talented and you see, oh, they're visiting on the same weekend, you immediately are like, oh, crap, because ideally you would like to have them separate visits so that Tokars and Norvell or whoever is, is doing the main recruiting can just stick to them like glue. But they actually staggered it this weekend to where they were able to have a lot of time with just Glenn. And then when um, Collins came in, they were able to have a lot of time with just Collins. And so from what we understand, both of those guys, very, very impressed. Now, Glenn is much more open in terms of like public and doing interviews and stuff like that. So we have a good idea of where he stands, but Collins is a little bit more quiet, but from everything we understand, great visit um, would not be surprised in the least if he returns to FSU pretty soon, bummed out that his uh, team canceled at the last minute there, but um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back to Florida state and, and maybe throw for the coaches some more and, you know, at this point, I, I'm, I'm not comfortable saying that Florida State is the leader in the clubhouse because he is still committed to Purdue. But I will say I'll be surprised if Purdue is able to hold on to him because we also know that teams like Oregon and, you know, some other powers are sniffing around Collins pretty quick, too. And then you always have that looming threat of LSU, you know, coming in at the last minute if they miss on other guys. But um, really talented kid. And, and by all accounts, he had a lot of fun on his visit. Speaking of LSU, uh, wide receiver Shelton Sampson was at Florida State this past weekend, uh, but I did see that he also checked out LSU as well. Um, Josh, this is a kid, I think you mentioned it last time, the, the connection is 
uh, one of the support staff for Florida State, right? Yeah, Gabe Fertitta, offensive line uh, analyst, and he was this former high school uh, coach down at uh, Catholic in Baton Rouge, and it's probably Florida State, LSU, and you got to give LSU a huge advantage here just because the not just home state but hometown. Um, but as we always mention, you get these kids on campus, you never know, and and and, and Florida State does have some great relationships there with Fertitta and, and Yak, so who knows? And and again, like if they can get Collins, maybe that'll help with Samson as well. Yeah. Uh, the, the one thing I wanted to point out about Samson, totally minor thing, but uh, Samson, like in like sequential posts on Twitter, posted a video from his time at Florida State. And then he posted a video from his time at LSU. And uh, you definitely see a step up in Florida State quality uh, in their video. Uh, and, and also in the in the locker room and where the pictures are being taken and stuff. And really, there's not a huge discernible difference between the two videos. If you watch them and, and I said, yeah, the same company made that, you would probably be like, yeah, I could see that. So uh, credit to FSU's uh, staff there that they're, uh, they've set that game up. Yeah, and two things there. Obviously, LSU has a ton more money than Florida State. So that's encouraging that Florida State can stay pretty much on a level playing field as far as graphics are concerned. And number two is, uh, look, look for an article in Tomahawk Nation, you know, as an inside look into maybe what FSU is doing graphically coming soon. Yep. So let's talk about the best news that came out this weekend. Uh, we, we found out that, uh, that Tafasi, who we, who we mentioned earlier, we're going to call him, uh, we, think he, we think he goes by AO. His name is Aobami Tafasi, uh, 2023 defensive lineman, but there was a lot of chatter that he was going to reclassify the 2022. Then he actually had it out there. Uh, on Twitter that he was, and it looked like it was going to come down between Arkansas and Florida State. Uh, and the good guys won. Florida State landed him. He is reclassified, uh, and he will be enrolling at Florida State. David, you brought him up last week. I almost saw him on the visitor list and glossed over him as, you know, we were focusing on the quarterbacks, and you were like, no, 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 we got to talk about this kid. And I, I think calling him a kid is just is wrong. That is a grown man and a scary grown man. Yeah, he definitely fits the category of what Jimbo called grown-ass man. Um, <laughs> and it, it's easy to overlook a guy like that because, you know, being a, originally a class of 23 recruit with great issues, again, the, the recruiting services penalize kids for that, which, again, I think is so stupid. It has nothing to do with – but anyway um, – so with that, FSU was able to get him in as part of his like blitzkrieg of visits. Um, he saw Virginia Tech, uh, then Arkansas, then Florida State on the span of two weeks. He, he probably even saw UConn in that time, too. Um, but yeah, clearly came down to Arkansas and FSU. Both sides were confident. Arkansas did an awesome job recruiting him. But FSU having that last visit, I think, really kind of sealed the deal with it. And yeah, we're, you know, it's, we, we want to temper people's expectations because this is truly a situation where you think of him basically as a full year early enrollee kind of a thing. Um, he's going to go in, he's going to do an academic red shirt, but the cool thing about an academic red shirt, the kid can still practice and, you know, do everything as normal throughout the whole season, just can't play in the games. And so he's going to get a full year in the strength and conditioning program uh, in practice and all that stuff before he's even being counted on to push for playing time. So that alleviates some of the pressure that a lot of these kids feel about having to contribute and get better in a hurry so they can get on the field. Um, 
by all accounts in his interviews, he is an awesome kid. He's super excited. Uh, pro tip for all you listeners, we're going to try to get him on a pod. We'll see if we can. We've reached out to him. We really hope we'll be able to uh, because he just seems like he has a wonderful personality. But yeah, this is a kid who you look at him and you're like, wow, he's got an awesome frame and he looks that impressive and he probably has some, you know, decent amount of bad weight on him. And so a kid like that, who already looks like that with that kind of frame, get him in strength and conditioning in the nutrition program for a full year before next year. I, I have a feeling he's going to be in the rotation sooner rather than later. And this could be a wonderful example of free scouting university striking again. Yeah. Um, if you really want to get a, a glimpse of, of Tafasi. Uh, if you'll check out his, his Twitter, which it's, it's AO Tafasi 50, uh, scroll down to his media and go to his Virginia Tech picture. You know, a lot of times these players will take the picture with their arms folded. And so their, their hands are underneath their biceps and it kind of makes it, is that truly the size of his bicep or is that him just, you know, like kind of maybe pushing out a little bit? There's a picture from his time at V Tech where he's back to back with the coach and he's got his hands straight down. And his arms are just monstrous. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, so check that out. He's a great addition to the class. And, and David, what you kind of said is, is something I wanted to, again, circle back to that 2022 class. Uh, defensive tackle. Now you have three commits. Now you have Tafasi. Uh, you've got Bishop Thomas. And you've got, oh, my gosh, I'm blanking on the other guy. Daniel Lyons. Lyons. Yeah, Daniel Lyons. And – uh, Thomas was a kid that, that people were like, ah, I'm just not sure Florida State should, ha should hang on to him. Lyons is a guy that we, we liked and uh, we thought would have an impact eventually. But what we heard is that both of those guys have already kind of made an impact at Florida State. I, they're already like potentially I, probably in the three deep uh, as true freshmen. And you're talking about going in the next year, those guys uh, being in the two deep, potentially seeing time uh, with the ones with, you know, whatever the situation might be. Again, another situation where Mike Norvell has helped flip this, uh, flip this, this position that was struggling uh, and credit to old Odell coming through again. Uh, definitely a huge addition there uh, for the defensive line class, David. Absolutely. And, and Lyons is a guy we've been trumpeting because, uh, you know, again, he was one when he first visited campus, uh, Odell and Papuchas both were like, that's a future NFL player. Um, great size, great motor, you know, good work ethic, all that stuff. And then Bishop Thomas, um, a lot of people were kind of grousing about his ranking, but the main reason he got downgraded in the rankings is because he decided not to play a senior year of football and focus on his academics. And so they, they punished him for that. Um, and while he does not have the ideal size you're looking for in a, in a you know, nose tackle or a defensive tackle, he still has a lot of strength and everything. And so with that, yeah, I think FSU, again, you know, building from the trenches out is a significant step in trying to raise the floor of this football team. And, and all of these additions keep showing us that, you know, this coaching staff, they will uncover any rock in any sedimentary place that you could ever think of to find additions for this class. So kudos to them. And, uh, yeah, and, go ahead, I was just going to say, and grabbing Lions allows you to get Dante Anderson as that PWO as well because they're best friends. Yep, yep. Uh, and, and let's keep let's keep rolling with the addition train. We we, uh, we had a few weeks off, so we didn't get to talk about this. But Florida State did add two names to the 2023 class here in the last two weeks. Uh, both of them 
with the last name of Jones. But first, I want to talk about defensive end Jaden Jones out of Hutchinson Community College. Josh, I think this kid's a stud. I, this was a kid I think that tried to reclassify but couldn't do it as well or couldn't accomplish it. But I think he's a guy that has the frame uh, and has the skills that he could be in the rotation at Florida State his first year. Yeah, just watching his film a little bit, and, I, you know, you don't want to compare him necessarily, but just it gave me like, oh, he's like a rawer version of Jared Verse almost. And, and you see the frame and you're like, once Papuchis and Norvell and Florida State gets a chance to get their hands on this guy, it's a good thing. And, and he is a kid, I think, that's going to blow up recruiting-wise, but Florida State went ahead, even though he's not ranked, they went ahead and pushed for his services early and said, we want to get you in the fold. He's a December graduate. He'll be able to get to Florida State early. And, and yeah, I think he's a kid that will push for early playing time in Tallahassee. Yeah, that's, that's a really good comparison because his frame is massive. Uh, I think he tweeted out at the beginning of the year he was around 240, but he's hoping to be at 260 by the time he's in, you know, enrolled. That's a great size for a defensive end. That's incredible. Uh, David, your thoughts on him, but also let, let's not forget about Quindarius Jones, uh, athlete, probably a defensive back out of Mississippi that committed to Florida State as well. Yeah, love the aforementioned addition of Jones um, and getting him in in December is going to be awesome. Uh, so, yeah, I, he's just going to be another, you know, wide body at that defensive end. It looks like he's got a strong first step um, kid from Alabama. So, you know, you always kind of wonder about Alabama, Auburn sniffing around. But uh, FSU put some serious work in and they showed a lot of faith in him, which means a lot to these kids. And so I'm really excited about him. Now, Quindarius Jones out of Mississippi. Um, so this is, again, I'm sure people look at this with a little bit of side eye because he's not yet ranked. Um, that will change. I would be surprised if he doesn't have an initial like three-star rank, probably mid to high three-star. Um, but this is another example of FSU looking at a kid's athletic traits and projecting him to a position. So Quindarius Jones plays... Um, God, I think he played running back, wide receiver, defensive back, and linebacker for his high school. Um, most of his highlights are on offense. And when you watch his highlights at receiver, you can just see how athletic he is. And he's winning a lot of those battles due to his athleticism. And in high school, that can get you somewhere. But in college, you have to really refine your technique and all that as a route runner, high pointing, all that stuff. And so we think that based on Marcus Woodson uh, going like whole hog on him in terms of recruiting, we think he's going to start out as a defensive back because he is a legitimate six foot two, um, has great size, can flip his hips well. He's more raw um, in terms of, you know, coverage and all that stuff. But his athleticism will be a very nice benefit there. Um, and it's nice because you know that if, you know, you, you project him there, if he doesn't just quite work out, you can flip him over to wide receiver and he'll be okay over there too. So um, again, Mississippi kids. So don't be surprised if Ole Miss, Mississippi State start getting involved. I think Lane Kiffin follows all the offers that Mike Norvell sends out and then immediately gets in touch with kids afterwards, a little bit of lazy lane there, but um, so it'll be interesting to see if he gets a lot of in-state pressure to stay later on, but he is a, he's a kid I'm excited about. He, he definitely should be a take in this class. Um, and he's one that has a, a pretty high ceiling as well. So I'm excited about him. David Lane's just following my philosophy. You work smarter, not harder, dude. <laughs> Uh, some will have you believe that's next Florida State's head coach, but uh, we'll, I don't know who he'll have to follow then if he comes here. But uh, 
you know, the, the thing that I, I want to kind of close this out on is let's look towards next week and, and what to kind of maybe expect here in the, the upcoming time. Uh, the one name that I know of uh, that's going to be on campus this weekend is Florida State four-star defensive lineman commit Keith Sampson. He is going to be checking out uh, NC State as well. Uh, and then he'll be in Florida State after that visit. He, he put out an interesting tweet this past week, basically saying, hey, look, I'm committed to Florida State, but I'm going to take my visits. I'm going to enjoy my time. Uh, and you kind of have to respect that. Uh, and it also kind of gives me a little more confidence that the fact that he's, you know, making it known I'm going to do this, but Florida State's still, still where I want to go. And after I visit NC State, guess where I'm going to go right after that? I'm going to go right to Florida State. So uh, uh, probably he is the best recruit currently in Florida State's class. And I think he's got potential to stay there based off who else Florida State gets. But I also think he's a kid that's probably going to get a bump in the rankings potentially. Uh, Josh, other names that we need to know about visiting this weekend? Well, first of all, you know, you, maybe you're going by the rankings, but don't don't sleep on Boots, my son. I mean, come on, dude. Like, you know you know, Boots is a better prospect. No offense to Keith Sampson. You, you know how I feel about Boots. But you also I, – I also feel like no matter what Boots does, he's not going to get the uh, the proper recognition that he deserves because uh, – I don't know. Because yeah, seriously, because that's a rankings. joke. But uh, that kid's a, an absolute monster. But I'm sorry, Josh. I didn't mean to disrespect our, our favorite prospect. Anyway, yeah, Blake, Blake Nicholson's a four-star linebacker prospect coming in from California on an official visit. The only one currently scheduled on an OB this weekend. And someone in the recruiting thread asked this week, you know, does Florida State have a legitimate chance? And you say, yeah, like, you get these kids on campus, you're always going to have a chance. But if, if a school like USC and Lincoln Riley say, hey, Blake, we want you to come stay in state and start – USC, I have a hard time believing that he's going to turn that down to go 3,000 miles across the country and play for a rebuilding Florida State. Yeah, I'm with Josh on that. I, I don't think he will leave the West Coast um, unless he goes somewhere in the Midwest, but I, I don't think Florida State will be able to land him. And I'm glad you mentioned that tweet that Samson put out, Tim. You know, if you, if you haven't read it yet, you should go read it because – to me, that's a template that just about any kid should should put out there. I mean, he made it known that he's already discussed with the coaching staff that he's going to take these visits. Um, you know, he is he is an in-state North Carolina kid, so he is going to check out NC State at some point. He may even check out North Carolina, whatever. But he's he really loves Florida State and he loves Odell. He loves Papucha. So I I'm not really worried about him, but I loved what he said in his tweet. And man, if, if you're a kid who's committed, but still thinking about taking your visits, look at the wording of Samson's tweet and just repost that man, or I guess retweet as the kids say, um, just retweet what he said, because he said it beautifully. Yep. A, a lot of names on campus at Florida state today and the big man and seven on seven, uh, I think Ruben Bain, Macari Vickers, Goldie Lawrence, uh, Randy Pittman, just, tons of people out there we'll see how that goes a lot of times those aren't huge recruiting events more than they are just trying to make some contacts with some kids and get your names out there so good that florida state is still uh reaching out but let's close it out with uh transfer news uh florida state uh is i think the deadline to enroll at florida state i think is next week i think um if i i know it's near the end of june there's two names left out there um there's the, the Oregon defensive back transfer, uh, Damon David, if I'm saying that right, and also the South Carolina offensive tackle transfer. Uh, Jazzy <laughs> T. 
Josh gave us a good name. We just saw him as a T uh, Turnantine. Uh, he, he has announced that he will be picking between Florida State and Michigan State. Uh, any feeling either way, Josh, on either of those guys uh, with about a week left on potentially their enrollment? I think if Florida State pushes for either or both, they land them both. But, again, as we talked about last week, is like, is Florida State going to go all in for these kids? I mean, they do have spots to fill. Who knows? <laughs> David, anything to add there? I, I would say I think David is more likely than Turnatine at this point. Um, I mean, Oregon, I guess Oregon now is trying to, to get him to come back. But um, I don't know if Lanning pissed him off or what. But again, like Josh said, if they really push for Damon David, I think he'll be a seminal. And that would be an awesome addition because, again, he, you know, this coming season, he could heal up from his injury. He could just focus on learning the defense. But next year, when FSU is probably going to be replacing Jamie Robinson and Akeem Dent, he can go up there and be, you know, pretty high on the ranking of guys that would be expected to, to start at safety. Uh, very talented kid, um, great athleticism. And Turnatine, you know, I think with him, he's just trying to find somewhere that will offer him a scholarship. I don't know that Michigan State or Florida State will do that, but, um, you know, I would never say no to an offensive tackle that has SEC starting experience, but I don't know that he is good enough to come in and, and lock down a starting position. I, I would probably bet against that. But uh, it would be great to have a guy with that kind of experience just in case injuries happen. So fingers crossed on that. And then we'll be looking ahead to um, the June 24th weekend, which is the next big visit weekend for Florida State, where they have some uh, significant names coming in. Yeah, I'll, I'll be down in Panama City on the 24th uh, with the family. I doubt I'll get to sneak over, but I'll try, David. Um, nice. Josh, before I, I close this out, you always have something that I've forgotten, something I need to bring up. Josh, any last words? No, just, you know, that David situation reminds me a lot of Trey Benson from Oregon. Where was, you know, a four-star commit, and he got injured and really couldn't contribute and went across country to Florida State, and now he's expected to contribute. And maybe, maybe you get one on offense and one on defense there, and maybe, you know. We trade him Dilly, and we get three more to come to, to Tallahassee. Who knows? Maybe that's the situation there. And I'll just kind of reiterate what I said last week about Jazzy T. And this is a kid that says that he wants to start, and that's what he's looking for, a chance to go start somewhere. And Is it worth Florida State to take a chance on him? And, and he rides the bench, and then he's a malcontent in that offensive line room. That's the, that's the biggest thing I'm looking at there. And then just one more kid to shout out that was on campus today. He's a 2025 future superstar in Kobe Howard. I think that kid's going to just – be unbelievable for states already offered him um he was there today and we were messaging back and forth and he was just like showing me some of his highlights and i was like yeah you're freaking legit dude oh, glad to see that you're back in tallahassee again today and uh Florida state actually offered a couple of goldies 2025 teammates uh, goldie lawrence down at seminole and they, they won the seven on competition so pretty cool for state uh building some relationships there all right well there you go so uh for all the latest updates, go to Top Hawk Nation, go to the official recruiting thread. David and Josh are plugged in, like literally I think they are plugged into their laptops or phones uh, to have all the questions you have answered. Uh, we'll hopefully be, out, be back here in a couple of weeks to talk about maybe Florida State's recruiting at another position. Also talk about how the uh, latest visits went and, and maybe we'll be talking about another transfer commit, but we'll see. But until next time, check us out at Tomahawk Nation. For David Salt, for Josh Pick, I am Tim Allenball. Keep climbing.
And don't forget the sunscreen.